0: Welcome to the Truth In My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men.
1: Hello, today we have Sonia interviewing John about whether Genesis 1's Hebrew can accommodate the earth being old. We are continuing from the previous episode today. We hope you enjoy. Here are some of the things that I would bring into the description from science. Now, starts with verse 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. So, the first thing I want to point out here is the verbs used in Genesis 1. As you read through the account, you'll find certain times it says God created. You will have that in verse 1, right? At the very beginning. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. It's a Hebrew verb that's bara, created it's it's an action that only God does and you don't find that again until verse 21 where God creates the living creatures and you'll have it again twice in verse 27 when God creates man as you look through the rest of it what do you see you see God speaking let there be and there was or let the earth bring forth and it was let the waters abound and it was so and three times as well, you'll find this other verb, made, asah. Sorry, four times. You'll find it in verse 7 and verse 16 and verse 25 and in verse 31. God made it. And there's a connection between them. In verse 6, it says, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus, God made the firmament and divided the waters. So there, there's a let there be but also a statement that God made it. Then if you jump ahead into verse 14, God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens. And it was so. And But then it goes on to say, then God made two great lights, okay, which are the sun and the moon. So God made, and the verb here is asa. And asa is a word that is often used of human action. Asa has the sense of building something or taking some pre-existing matter and reshaping or reforming it into something else. For example, if you build a house, you take bricks, you take you take lumber, glass, windows, whatever, you can make a house, asa. But humans do not do bara. That, that's an act that's unique to God.
2: And you said that that one appears three times?
1: Appears, well, technically four times and, and three verses. When it talks about creating man, it appears there twice where God says, let us create a man in our image. And then it says in the image of God, he created him. So it is there twice in that verse.
2: I thought Adam was created from, from dust or something. And wasn't Eve created from his rib?
1: Yes, indeed.
2: So that's not out of nothing.
1: Well, I didn't say out of nothing. However, I think you're you're pointing out to something important that I think science can give us some insight into, how did the creation go? If we look at these three acts of bara, which only God can do, it's very significant where we see them. Because the first one is the very first verse, God created the heavens and the earth. Heavens and the earth is a Hebrew merism that that represents all that there is. When Hebrew talks about the two extremes, it includes everything in between them. You often find in Psalms, for example, that God will keep your going out and your coming in. And you wonder, well, what about while you're actually out? Well, that's included. The two extremes cover everything in between. Heavens and the earth is all that there is in the physical world. So what verse 1 is saying is in the beginning, God created the entire physical material of the world. And then he's reshaping that physical material. We don't see another bara. Until he creates living creatures. Before that, there is no life. There's no living creature. There's no animal life. There's no human life. And then he creates that. And then, as I said, the third is where he creates people. Now, what does science tell us that might bear light on this? Number one, one of the most fundamental laws of science, the first law of thermodynamics, tells us that matter, energy, cannot be created or destroyed by any natural process, but only changed from one form to another. No human can ever create energy or matter out of nothing. You can change one form to another, but that's it. So it's significant, I think, that in verse 1, where the material universe is created, and there was no material universe before, so it's coming out of nothing, that it uses a word that shows that the author knew that this is something that could not be done by any human being, by any kind of natural process. So if we see that, we see the first off thermodynamics right there, and then what happens? The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. So what we could suggest at this point is that when God made the heavens and the earth as the entire physical material out of which he will build the universe, it's it's in a formless, shapeless mass. It doesn't have structure and order to it. And what happens then is God begins to build in structure and order. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. So if he's made this mass of... Matter energy, without form and void, is beginning to bring form to it. The light would be essentially moving out the energy that's in the wavelength of 400 to 700 nanometers, visible light. And there's light. And then you see he, he starts dividing. He creates a firmament. He's separating matter from matter. He's creating empty space and so on. He's taking all this physical material and reshaping it and reforming it. And that continues all the way until we get to verse 20. So at this part, God made, out of nothing, a miraculous act. First off, thermodynamics dynamics tells us humans can do it. Had to take a miraculous act. He made the sum total of matter energy for the physical world. And then he's reshaped it, reformed it into the structures that we see on our planet and in the universe. The universe. Celestial bodies, the, the sun, the moon, the dry land, the seas, and so on. It's all being reshaped, but it's all just physical. I understand if you look at this table here, for example, it's physical. It's it's unipartite. It's made of nothing but physical. And then he puts living things into this world. It says in verse 20, Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created Great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters is abounded according to their kind. And every winged bird according to its kind. So here's the next point. Okay? God has taken the physical world as far as it will go. The things that are unipartite. Animals are living creatures. They, they're not just matter. They have two components and two elements, if you will. They have the, the body, which is physical. And they have the life force that makes them a living animal. If you see roadkill, you see that that there's the body of the animal. The physical is there. The life force is no longer there. So animals then are bipartite. They have a life force as well as physical. So here where God created them, he, he didn't recreate matter. The matter is already there. That was created in verse 1. And he will use the matter to form the bodies. But he needs a new bara act, and that's to create the life force, so that these are now living creatures. And interestingly, there's another law of science that tells us that life can only come from life. It's called the law of biogenesis, discovered by Louis Pasteur in 1864 and other scientists. No natural process can bring life out of non-living matter. We discovered that in 1864. The writer of Genesis knew it all along. So here is the second creative act of God, and science illuminates that, that, that you, we need an act from God to create light. And so now the world that God's made has in it things that are unipartite, just matter, and things that are bipartite, living creatures, animals. And then the third one that he makes in is the human being. And human beings are tripartite. We have three elements to us. We have the body, soul, and spirit. There has to be this third thing that God makes, this this tertium quid that makes us different from all animals, fundamentally different, and that's this spirit. God breathed the spirit into us, and that's the the bara act. So yes, indeed, he made our body out of pre-existing material. That was asa, and the the life force is already pre-existing because he made that previously. But the bara here is the human spirit. And that's the thing that makes us in the image of God. That's the thing that makes us morally accountable. That's the thing that enables us to worship and so on. It's what makes us fundamentally different from animals. According to the theory of evolution, we're not different. We're we're just evolved animals. You see the squirrel running in your backyard and he's your brother, right? He's really not that different. But what do you think that would do to our perception of human dignity if we think we're not fundamentally different from the squirrel running around in our backyard?
2: Well, I, I guess that's why you would have societies promoting euthanasia and abortion.
1: Yes, acceptance of evolution has cheapened human life. If we, if we believe that humans are really just animals, then they're not worth more than other animals. And it's that's why it's, among other reasons, it's very unfortunate that so many professing Christians try to make peace with that. But getting back then to Genesis 1, so I think that science... Can illuminate the account, doesn't change it, but it does illuminate it. In that we could see that the first act of creation is making a formless void matrix of matter energy, which he then reshapes and reforms to create the structures, all still just physical. And then second place of bara, the creation of life force, which again science has told us can only cannot be done by any natural process. And then the third one is the human spirit, making us tripartite. So for sure, Genesis 1 teaches God creating in six 24-hour or earth rotation days. And we can believe that. But science, which cannot contradict it or overturn it, can help us to have a, a more full picture as long as it's not violating, but is according with everything we see in the text.
2: Okay, so so this is fundamentally different from situations where you see holy books by other religions and science actually contradicts it, and that one reason why you don't accept those books, and you know that they're not from God.
1: It's it's one reason, yes. You you have Muslim apologists, for example, try to find advanced scientific knowledge in the Quran, but it's really not there. What you find is pre-modern, pre-scientific errors. Only the Bible has this, but it's, it's not the primary reason why we accept it. It's, it's one apologetic, and we've talked about that. But fundamentally, Christianity comes down to Jesus. The Bible is our testament to Jesus. It's fully reliable. It's fully authentic. We've seen that, uh, which means we know Jesus fulfilled ancient prophecies, worked amazing miracles, and rose from the dead. And so he is who he said he is, and this is why we believe in him. This is why we put our faith in him. And this is why we should accept what he said about the Bible. He clearly held to a six-day young earth creationism. Uh, From the beginning, he talks, where he's discussing the issue of divorce, for example, in in Mark 10. He says, from the beginning of creation, God made the male and female. So uh, that creation week is the beginning of creation. So Jesus is telling us that man was there from the beginning. Not day one, but the beginning, which is that creative week. So if we believe Jesus, who accept him as Lord, why would we not believe his testimony about Scripture and about creation?
2: Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some Christians wouldn't have occurred to them to make the connection between that statement in the New Testament that's focusing on divorce and connect that all the way back to Genesis.
1: Well, even if you didn't, though. Point is, we've seen what Genesis 1 says. It is Scripture. Jesus saw it as Scripture, and Jesus said Scripture cannot be broken in John 10.35. Well,
2: thank you, John, that this is a very important topic, and I hope many of our listeners will benefit from it.
1: Thank you for joining us, Sonia.
2: Thank you for listening to the
0: Truth In My Days podcast with John Torse. We would love to hear from you.